Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. Peaceful Power Project is a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. I am so excited. I am actually honored. <laughs> I really am, Sasha. I might sound dramatic, but I it really is an honor to have Sasha Wolf, founder and executive director of Still I Run on the podcast today. And why <laughs> why it is really an honor is the first time I heard an in, heard the first time I heard of you, <laughs> heard about you was on a podcast. It was Running for Real with Tina Muir. It was probably 2021 and I was an infant runner at the, at the age of 40 plus and it was so powerful it put listening to you listening to your story really put into words what I was experiencing at that time during my first year of running now October 20th I'll be like a three-year-old runner (laughs) so and again starting into my like 40th year of life having never I've probably I had probably avoided every running situation throughout childhood adolescence and then I didn't really have to deal with it in adulthood and now it it truly is my my safe space um and to have you here um you here to share about your organization. Um, it, it's just an honor. I really admire people, women, uh, who can take an idea and transform it into something that is just larger than self. Um, and truly like the seed is planted from the self, right? Your intention, but it's something so much bigger. So I am really grateful. I'm grateful to have you here. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I am going to share with our listeners, um, if they are not uh, aware of Still I Run, I am going to read the general mission just yeah. to, to share some some insight. Um, so we are, and I'm wearing right now, if you're watching Peaceful Power Project on um, YouTube, you can see all of this great <laughs> Still I Run gear, um, but I have my shirt, my ambassador shirt from 2020. One of my favorites. <laughs> one. Hood. It's our first, I was sharing with Sasha before, our first like chilly day in Florida, <laughs> slightly below 70 degrees. Um, and I I missed out on applying 2023, but I did apply 2024. Um, so we are, so even if I wasn't an ambassador, I'm still a still I run. Um, yes, you are. You know, from the shouting from the rooftops. We are runners with a mission. Still I run is a community of runners and mental health warriors determined to take control of our physical and mental health while also breaking the stigma surrounding people that live with mental illness. Still I run is the country's only nonprofit running community that works to promote the benefits of running for mental health while also working to defeat the stigma, raise awareness around the topic, and help others get started running for their mental health. How did you, where, (laughs) I would love to um, ask you kind of the origin or the birth story of, of what now exists as the only nonprofit (laughs) <laughs> um, running in mental health organization in this, you know, in this country, where did it begin for you? Take us back. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was hospitalized for depression and anxiety back in 2011. And when I was there, they kind of taught me to manage my illness with medication and therapy and then some sort of other healthy habit. They had suggested like painting, reading, yoga, and I kind of just gravitated towards getting outside and walking slash running. Um, my parents were runners, so they had modeled that behavior to me growing up, but we didn't talk much about mental health. So I don't, I don't know why I decided to kind of just pick that sport up. Um, but I got home after being discharged from the hospital and went out on like a really slow walk, jog, waddle, whatever you want to call it, um, with my dog. And when I got back, I, I was like, holy cow, I just did that. I like, I was literally just hospitalized. And then I went and I I did a mile. Um, and just that sense of accomplishment and like breathing the fresh air and the physiological things that are happening in, in your brain and your body at the same time. Um, I eventually put together that it was really good for my mental health. And so I kept running, I kept going further distances. I started signing up for races. Like I was all in 100%. And then I wanted to meet other people that ran for the same reason. I, you know, after doing some research and finding out that it's, you get that runner's high and it is good for your, your emotional stability and it's great for your mental health. I was like, okay, there's gotta be other people out there in the country somewhere, or at least here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm from. Um, and I started searching for groups, but I couldn't find anything, which is really wild when you think about it, because it seems like such a natural thing. Um, and then in 2015-ish, I read uh, Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, about being vulnerable um, and sharing your story. And that kind of just inspired me to be like, all right, well, if no one else has a group that runs for mental health, I guess, <laughs> I guess I can be the person. <laughs> and um I just put out a really bad looking website, like something I created myself in WordPress and a, a Facebook page on World Mental Health Day in 2016. And um, kind of that was the first time I shared my story that I, I was hospitalized and that I deal with depression and anxiety and people were just stunned because I, you know, the outside, everything looks great, cool, calm, collected. Um, so people were very surprised to learn that I had depression and anxiety and, um, people started joining the Facebook page from there. And then I've got a little bit of a PR marketing news background. So I just pitched what I was trying to do to the local news. Like there was really nothing other than a Facebook page and me trying to raise awareness about running for mental health. And they, they miraculously did a story. And then that got more people interested because they saw the story on the news and People wanted to know how to donate. People wanted to know what kind of programs we had. They wanted to know how we got involved. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> so I I just put it out there. I was like, I guess we'll become an official nonprofit and we'll see where this takes us. And like seven years later, I'm just in awe that a Facebook page with an idea of me wanting to connect with other people is now a full-blown nationally recognized nonprofit. It's wild. And you just did, like you said, celebrate your seventh birthday. It's been so fun being part of that. Um, on, I, I'm more of an Instagram person. You have a great like <laughs> Instagram page. And, um, I did the, I even have my oh, yeah. little medal. And I think it's the second year I've participated, but it's really 
been incredible to celebrate that number seven, seven years. And what started truly, what I hear from what you shared was your voice. And uh, I, the power of that, not that it's anyone's responsibility to like speak out and share, um, but what I hear from your story is just the power of that and of, you know, breaking the stigma being a lot of the purpose and intention is that other people feel like they can as well. And it doesn't have to be in, in, it can be in the way that makes sense and is comfortable to them, right. Mm -hmm. To a trusted friend, but, but the idea of breaking the stigma, uh, getting out of shame or secrecy is the, one of the biggest steps in the healing process, right. Is that it's not all inside and you happen to do it in, in a, in a way <laughs> that was visible um, and that inspires, inspires others to do the same. Yeah. So I, I always, I always like to say like when we share our truths and we, sh- when we share our story, we're getting rid of that really stigmatizing narrative placed on us. Like as someone with depression and anxiety, you know, when I initially tell people that they're like, Oh, she's, she's a buzzkill. She's, she probably doesn't do much. She maybe lays around on the couch. No, I I am out there. I'm moving and I'm shaking. And, you know, people with depression and anxiety look just like anyone else out there. So I love sharing my story and getting rid of that stigma that is placed around it, that we're less than, if you will. Yeah, that's, I, I love it. And um, also, I loved hearing your story of like why running and that it didn't start out that you were just an athlete. And oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this was, I mean, it could, it could be part of the story as well, but that it was just something that through almost like a little movement ex- experiment of what your like body was being called to do, you discovered all of those benefits that, I mean, we know, right. The, yes. you know, the, the hormones that are released, like happy hormones and runners high. And, um, but that you, it found you or you found it in a, in a gentle way. And (laughs) when I try to tell people about running for mental health, the biggest reaction and response I get from the people who were like me four years ago is that like, I'm not a runner and I, you know, or all of those things and the gentle approach or like you again, exploring it on your own, just that pick up to a jog. I believe I even Googled the definition of running Oh, <laughs> because at Orange Theory, they call you like a jogger if you're at something and they call, you know, I don't know. So I was like, what's a runner? And it's like anything more than walking. <laughs> like, So just um, that's what I try to share when I'm speaking to people who are like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but it's just not <laughs> not for me. I don't know if you've ever experienced that because, oh yeah, you know, a big part of your message is supporting breaking the stigma of mental health. But there's also the running component. How do you approach that when people are like, "That sounds great," <laughs> but we approach it in two different ways. So the ones who are like, "Oh, I'm I'm not a runner," they immediately think that because they're maybe not fast enough. But that is, as you know, like here at Still I Run, 
one of our phrases is forward is a pace. Like we don't care how fast or slow you're going as long as you're moving forward. Um, and we really try our hardest to be inclusive of runners of all shapes and sizes, all speeds. Um, we just did a photo shoot the other day where I used people from the still I run community and we had everyone from, um, a three twelve marathoner. So super fast to a 50 minute 5k. Like that's, that's, just the range of paces that we have in the community, because we just want people moving for um, their mental health. And then the other thing we say too is, <clears throat> and we do this for our May run streak, but like, we don't care if you're biking, you're hiking, you're doing yoga, you're rollerblading, like as long as you're doing some sort of movement for your mental health, because it doesn't have to be running. Running is great. I mean, that's, that's our niche, if you will, but you can really use any form of movement and get those mental health benefits. I love it. And so that may, that does bring me to something that I discovered that you offer. You offer many things at Still I Run. <laughs> it's, I love the fundraising events that are the races that you can yeah. donate and they're, they're virtual, except that I, I guess before I speak about the starting line scholarship, which, <laughs> which I found in a really interesting way. Um, people meet in person now. So there are different still I run groups all over the country. Uh, yep. How did that start to pop up? So that started shortly before the pandemic, coincidentally. Um, in 2018, 2019, we had people asking like, well, how do I get involved with still I run in Dallas, Texas? Like I remember that first email they wanted to know where they could connect with other people from Still I Run in Dallas, Texas. And I'm like, um, <laughs> we don't have anything yet. And that kind of like grew the idea of having run chapters. Um, so we attempted to launch run chapters in 2020. We needed to put it on hold. We officially-ish launched it in 2021. But the whole idea behind the run chapters is just taking like that virtual community of Still I Run and putting it in hometowns across the country so that you know you can connect with other people that are also running for their mental health. And it's okay to talk about your mental health um, in a very free and inclusive and safe space. And so that's what the run chapters are for. Um, but then with the, the in-person groups with the races, like we just had our World Mental Health Day 5K and it is a virtual 5K. So anyone in the country can participate, but we also wanted to bring together our run chapters in the name of the the event. So um, like here in Grand Rapids, we had like 40 plus people show up with their medals and their socks, the swag from the race um, to run their 5K together. Yes, they signed up for a virtual race, but they wanted to get together as a community of people that were running for the same reason. And so we did that at, I think, 10 run chapters total, which was really cool to see, like seeing the photos from around the country. I'm like, holy cow, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> and is this something that now exists outside of you? Like there are people basically maybe ambassadors or just people who have started the chapter and get involved and they yep. started and... Yeah. See, yeah, with with the run chapters, we're we're still working on like solidifying the culture behind it and in the process and how it's put together. But when we do applications on occasion to let in new run chapters, we do onboarding with them. We've got a run chapter handbook. We give them shirts. We give them a flag. 
Um, we do specialized leadership training with them now to teach them how to lead with empathy and active listening. Um, and then we also give these run chapter captains and their co-captains um, mental health, uh, first aid or suicide prevention training. So like these groups are meant to be more than just a, a running group. It's meant to be something structured that has resources and that is connected back to the the still I run hub, if you will. It's amazing. I actually just learned that from you now. I didn't, I thought it functioned more like, um, like a social network, but I'd love to hear all of the education uh, that you're also offering behind yeah, it. It's so cool. So I go to the one here in Grand Rapids, obviously, since it's, you know, in my area. Um, and we start our run chapter off with um, taking affirmation cards out of the deck. And so then we, it has an affirmation on the front and then a prompting question on the back. And we hold that card with us while we go for our run, walk, kind of thinking, reflecting on it, communing with other people. And then when we get back, we all kind of go through our cards and what that meant to us and, and answer the cards in front of everyone um, if, if they're comfortable. But it's just really cool because it's, it's so centered on wellness of the mind with the added benefit of wellness for the body. Whereas most running groups around the country, it's like, you know, let's go run some, some hills or stairs and we're going to do it at a 730 pace. And it's all about like, how, how did you do as opposed to how do you feel? So we're very mindful about making our run chapters very um, mental health focused. I love that. And I love the question, um, using the question, how do I feel or how does that feel as opposed to how do, how do I do? I do something it's called yeah. naked running. <laughs> so it, means it has nothing to do with clothing. It has to do with running without devices. Yeah. Uh, I'll listen to a podcast once in a while, but without like heart rate and time and pace, I do need to like get back to start my job. So I do like know where I am I can't just go off for the day and come back when I feel like it but yeah. for the most part there's like no numbers to gauge whether it was a good run or a bad run um because getting out there with the forward is a pace mantra mm -hmm. that you shared before getting out there is a good run um I have a cold right now and I went out on a run a few days ago I didn't have a cold at the time but I felt pretty awful. And I didn't, I wasn't like, this is a bad run. I was like, why was I so just beat up? And two days later, it was likely my body, oh, you know, yeah. your brilliant body, like you're going to get a cold in two days. Um, <laughs> but it, your body can speak uh, volumes if you mm -hmm. just stop and listen. So I love the focus on, on mental health, um, on the mind in these run yeah. chapters yeah. that you're, that you're creating. Yeah. Um, I love the run chapters too, just from the standpoint of, I think people feel safer going to them and maybe not as intimidated at first they may be, but then once they get to know anyone in any of our run chapters, they're like, Oh, okay. These people are legit in it for their mental health and not to like have PRs or go 20 miles or whatever. <laughs> Well, and then there's the other intimidation of being intimidated of um, being in a space where people are more comfortable speaking about mental health. And that could be a barrier as well. Yep. Um, so, again, the first step is taking the first step. And I think yes. it's 
so cool to hear from you what a fun experience it is for everyone. Again, with the affirmation cards and like the support and also knowing that the people who have started the chapters have been, have gone through a training of sorts. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And they all are very closely aligned with the mission too. Like they may have their own mental illness that they deal with or a family member. So it's not like a complete surprise to talk about mental health. Everyone's just talking about it. Like it's normal, which it is. Absolutely. So I discovered uh, your starting line scholarship. My job job is I work with adolescents and young adults in an IOP virtual setting. So it's intensive outpatient therapy. And there are many of them who, as they're moving through therapy, recall the things that used to bring them joy. And I would hear like running used, like used to be that thing. And so I started to do the digging that you did, but fortunately (laughs) you already existed when I was doing (laughs) and the starting line scholarship came up and I could not believe that something like that exists. It is truly just, it's a gift in so many ways um, I'd love for you to share the yeah. different things that are part of it. And also like, how does one even find out about it? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> like I found out in an, I and mean, it wasn't hard to find out, but just like looking around. So I was wondering how do people find out and what is it? Yep. So the Starting Line Scholarship is a program we, again, started in 2020. That seemed to be the year where we tried launching all the things. Um, and it, it's a program designed to help people overcome any barriers they may have when it comes to running for mental health. I tried to think back when I started running and I was like, all right, a good pair of shoes is key. Knowing what to wear is key. Cause I went out the first time <clears throat> wearing tube socks, like cotton tube socks. And I, I started getting blisters. So I like, we give people all the gear that they need. Um, to be successful in this running journey. And then we pair them up with a virtual coach who works with them for 10 to 12 weeks to either um, just get into the healthy habit of running or do a 5K or 10K at the end of the 10 to 12 weeks. And we pay for that as well. So we pay for absolutely everything um, and give people all the tools they need to start running for mental health. And then Along the way, we also give them educational emails about really what is going on inside of your body or some reflection messaging for them to think about or journaling prompts, because we really want to be mindful of getting people moving for mental health. Um, And we actually have, I guess, three different flavors of the starting line scholarship now, I guess you could say it. So there's, there's the main one that I just talked about and we do three cohorts a year and people apply online um and then we also do a teen cohort in pierce county washington uh we pair up with the juvenile court system out there and we um help five to eight at-risk teens in the system do the starting line scholarship so giving them all the tools they need We find them a coach in the area that meets with them in person on a weekly basis, gives them a training plan. Um, They have mentors from the court system that are paired up with them. We have a behavioral health specialist from the court system that also works with them um, after their group runs, um, asking them, you know, prompts about what is mental health or are you do you need help with anything? That kind of stuff. And then um, they do a color run 5K at the end of it. 
Um, and it's so much fun. We've done it the last three years and like seeing the teams grow through the program has been so cool. Um, and then just this year, we launched an in-person cohort here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and it's, it was phenomenal. We worked with individuals. We had 18 individuals we worked with for 12 weeks. We met with them twice a week. So on Tuesdays, they would do a fitness class with a fitness coach, followed by group mental health therapy led by um, mental health clinicians at a practice called The Wellbeing. And then on Saturdays, we would meet with a certified run coach and do group runs together. And then in between meeting with everyone, we would give them their training plan, educational materials. Um, and then in addition, we give them all the gear that they need. So clothes, sports bras, watches, shoes, all of the things. And then the graduation at the end of the 12 weeks was a 5K where we had a couple of people running a 5K for the very first time. But yeah, those are the three different flavors. Um, and they've all been so amazing to like watch the the journey of all three and how they've morphed over the years. How do people... so? Someone must have gone into for your Washington um, setup. Was that you presenting this to an organization? As no, that one was that was one was a, a really cool story. So we've got another program called Run Right Fight, where you can request letters of encouragement from one of our um, volunteers. So um, someone that worked at the court system in Pierce County in 2019 requested a letter of encouragement for her son. Her son was having some real mental health struggles. Um, and I guess the letter she got from one of our volunteers for her son was so impactful and so amazing. She's like, I need to figure out a way <laughs> we can partner up with this organization. So I met with her and we kind of brainstormed ideas. And I was like, well, I guess let's try to do the starting line scholarship in Pierce County, Washington. And um, the first year was 2020. So it was all virtual. And then the next year we switched it to like half virtual, half in person. And then this year we did full in person and it's, it's been so awesome, but yeah, it's so random how that kind of came to us and we're going to continue doing it for as long as Pierce County, Washington wants to continue partnering with us. That's amazing. Yeah, just being open to opportunities. And so the letter writing campaign is something else that you bring in volunteers yeah. for. And so it'll piggyback on my question of how do people find out how yep. to apply or nominate. So I was interested in nominating for the starting line. Oh, that's a good idea. <clears throat> um, yep, so we don't yeah, we don't have nominations right now, um, but what we have had people is just uh, refer others and share the application um, because to apply for the program, we've got an application where people fill out all kinds of questions about like why they want to do this, um, if they would be committed to doing 10 to 12 weeks, that kind of thing. Um, and then when we get all the applications at the end of the deadline, because we've got three deadlines a year, we go through all the applications, see who was referred from whom and the the quality of the application, if you will. Um, but yeah, I really want to work more with mental health clinicians and practices to have more referrals because we find that when someone has a physician that has recommended them um, or referred them, that person is more likely to get more out of the program because they have someone physically in their life that is 
holding them accountable and rooting them on. Um, and I would love to obviously get to a space where it just is a very common thing to refer someone to the starting line scholarship. I hear so many times like physicians, mental health therapists say, you know, I want to prescribe you movement as part of your, your treatment program. But if you just kind of prescribe movement or running, it's kind of a barrier to the person because they don't know where to start or what to do. So still I run can be that, that, that thing, that program, like I am referring you, your prescription is the starting line scholarship. So someday I'd like to get to that spot. <laughs> well, we'll talk after the recording <laughs> because I have some Perfect. ideas, I have some ideas and connections for you, but I totally get it as well because yoga was what I was prescribed in my experiences in treatment and again, you just come out and you YouTube. And by the yeah. final time, I was fortunate enough to live in New York City. And I there was a teacher in the treatment facility. And I actually found the school. Like, like oh, wow. The school where, like, he either trained or learned. And I, you know, started to go regularly to the school. So it was quite linear. But normally, it's just like, there, here you go. Like, yeah. these are... Yep these are the tools, these, these are the tools. Um, and then, and then you're in life, right. Cause there's a come back and, uh, take care of your mental health, use the tools and strategies and techniques and manage while you have the rest of, you know, yeah. life circumstance, motherhood and or whatever, uh-huh. business owner, whatever the case may be. Um, so are your, ambassadors, your social media, are they the main vehicles for spreading the word? Yeah, for the most part, we've got our ambassadors. So there's a hundred and I think there's just over 150 this year. Um, So they spread the word for us. We've got our social media and then we also have a newsletter. Um, And I am trying to make more inroads with other mental health practices across the country, Um, but trying to also make sure our efforts are sustainable because I think the wild thing about Still I Run is when people look at us from the outside, they don't understand that it's, I'm, I'm the only employee. And then I've got volunteers that help me out. So like in order to maintain my mental health and the mental health of all the other volunteers, like we try and just remain as sustainable as possible with the efforts we're putting into recruiting individuals to be a part of the starting line scholarship and making those connections with other mental health practices. But someday Someday we'll get there. <laughs> no, I and that's actually a perfect segue into the different ways that you do fundraise because it is self-supported and nonprofit. Yep. Um, and I was wondering <laughs> when you shared all of these things and when you go through your website, like, is this really just not just, but is this <laughs> you? And <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, so the, what are different ways that people can support? I know that team still I run. Yep, team um, still I run. And is that a way of fundraising? That yeah, they- yeah, we've got a we've got a couple of different ways that we do fundraising. Um, obviously, there's the donate button on our website, so we're we're always soliciting for donations any time of the year. Um, we also. Uh, do donations funding, if you will, through our store. Um, so we've got a team still I run store, a bunch of running and mental health apparel on there and all the proceeds go back to um, still I run. Then we've also got um, our virtual races. 
So all the proceeds from any of our virtual races goes back into Still I Run as well. Um, and then our biggest one is Team Still I Run. So that is our peer-to-peer fundraising um, initiative, if you will. And we've got what we've called virtual Team Still I Run. That's where you can run any race across the country like of your choosing and raise, I think, a minimum of $250. Um, and then you get like a really cool team still I run jersey and we'll um, get you educational materials every step of the way and we'll get you a training plan if you need a training plan. And then we've also got um, the in-person team still I run component, which the very first step into that was just last year when we got accepted into the New York City Marathon. Um, and that went that went so well because we had uh, we had five bibs. And we filled all those bibs instantly. We got like over a hundred applications for people wanting to join our team and, and fundraise. Um, Here's what I find. And then on top of that, uh, because that program went so well, we expanded to five races this year. So we did the New York City half. We did the Amway Riverbank run here in Grand Rapids. Um We've got Marine Corps Marathon coming up in two weeks. The week after that, we've got New York Marathon again. And then in December, we've got the Honolulu Marathon. So we invite people to join our team, fundraise for us, and then they get entry into some of the coolest, biggest races across the country. Um, Next year, we are in the LA Marathon, and we need more runners for that if anyone's interested. Um, And then we also got into Berlin. Uh, the, we, we have no more bids for that one. Those went like hotcakes. Um, and then we also got into Chicago, but we have not opened up applications for that at all. Um, and then we also got into the New York city half and Honolulu for next year as well. (laughs) Is next year, the New York city full marathon as well. We, we just applied for that. I assume we're going to get in it, but you know, it's always a privilege to be chosen. So we're crossing our fingers. <laughs> well, you have a lot on the calendar. And do you get to go? Do you go to Hawaii? I go to some of them uh, because we like to have an in-person or we like to have someone from Still I Run. So me or one of the volunteers go to greet everyone. We try and do a team gathering. So like a team shakeout run and gathering um, the day before. And then uh, the day of the race, like that person is on the race course cheering people on. So I go to some of them um, next year. I'll probably start delegating a few more because it's I've got three young kids on top of everything. So I need to like be mindful of my time. So I'm not away from them so much. I feel like when I listened to the running for real interview, maybe you just had, how old is your youngest? My youngest is two. So I only had two kids at that point. Now I've got three. You may have been, I don't remember if you were pregnant. I remember, so. I don't know the whole timing of it, but. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember. I've got a five-year-old. She'll be six in two months. I've got a three-year-old who will be four next month and then a a two-year-old. So I would love to go to all of our teams still I run races, but I understand that, you know, there's, I've got to be a parent as well. (laughs) And that, that brings a question I do have of how do you balance um, and manage or support, this is better, support your own mental health while momming and, (laughs) um, growing this incredible organization 
as well as there's also parts of us that don't have <laughs> titles. <laughs> um, so all the things, uh, how do you today um, manage or support your mental health? Yeah, it that's been a journey. So up until June of 2022, so like just last year, I was still working full-time at Herman Miller Furniture um, as an internal communications specialist. So I was working 40 hours a week at my job. And then I was working an additional 20, 30 behind the scenes doing still I run. And I was like, this is not sustainable. I cannot keep doing this. I'm working like 60, 70 hours a week with three young kids. So June of last year, I made the decision to go part-time Herman Miller, part-time still I run. Um, but then I was still working like 50, 60 hours a week because the, the part-time job that I had, you know, it was, it creep in from 20 hours to 25 to 30. And I was like, I just, I can't do, I can't do two jobs anymore. That was not good for my mental health. Like on a daily basis, I was doing morning Herman Miller and then afternoon still I run. And that's so hard to switch your brain every single day, <laughs> multiple times a day for two different jobs. Um, so I literally just became full-time still I run at the beginning of September. So that has been very fantastic for my mental health. Um, another way that I've supported it is by renting myself an office away from my home because my office was upstairs in one of my daughter's rooms. Um, and I would just go up there for five minutes to get something done real quick. And then like two, three hours later, come back down because I am so invested and still I run, I could literally work on it forever, <laughs> all hours of the day. So I didn't have a good boundary for myself if my office was just upstairs. So now I have an office that I leave my computer at I leave my work at so that I'm able to better focus on my family. Um, and then another thing that I've done is just find some really key, amazing, passionate volunteers to help delegate some of the work because it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work man managing an organization and an organization that has big dreams and goals to be national. Um, and a lot of programs too. Like we do a lot for the size that we are. So the volunteers that I have, the the long-term ones I've had have just been so great in supporting me and my mental health as well. Awesome. And what does your running look like today? I wish I ran more than I do. I, I still run two to three times a week. Um, but before I got super busy, it was more like five, six, seven days a week. Um, I haven't been able to really train for a race to get PRs in a while just because that's a lot of work too. And I put all of my energy into my family and still I run. Um, but I'm still getting out there for my mental health. I absolutely love it. I've got two races coming up where I'm just I don't care what the time is. I just, it's going to be fun I'm doing the Marine Corps 10K. And then I'll be doing the Honolulu 10K, which takes off the same time as the marathon. Um, so I thought that'd be a fun way to like meet with everyone on the race course before they start their marathon. I'll be like, all right, I'll see you guys in 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It, it having those boundaries both physical and like mental boundaries of, mm -hmm. you know, work, it truly does give yourself when you're with your family or 
with yes. your family. Yep. And yeah. Are you in your space right now? I am in my space <laughs> right now. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Again, we're on YouTube as well. So feel free to check out that. I love that you created just like the, the plants and the sign, you know, just everything in your space. That's your office. That's your, your work. Oh yeah. It's a good space. I've got like photos from the starting line scholarship that I'm looking at here. I see all my medals there. I've got a still, I run metal rack behind me and a big Chicago marathon poster. Like it's just a really safe, good running space for me. And I feel really good being in this space. So before we share all the ways to not only find you also to learn more about still, I run and support and donate and and learn about different opportunities to simply be involved as well, even if not through donation, but supporting through the writing and different opportunities to volunteer. Um, My question is, what if there's a listener who is curious, but does have those barriers of this, just barriers holding them back from, from reaching out and getting involved? I would say a good way to tow the waters um, would be to join our private Facebook group. Um, it's it's called the Still I Run Inspiration Group. It's private. So if you post on there, whatever you post is not going to show up on your family and friends' timelines. It's only going to show up in that group. And I think that's a really great way to get to know what the Still I Run community is all about and how amazing everyone is. I know that feels really weird to say, but I feel like we've got the friendly corner of the internet in that, in that still I run inspiration group. Um, and we're, we're sharing, you know, opportunities to get involved with still I run in that inspiration group. So you can see what opportunities are coming up. Um, but then at the same time, also get to know the still I run community very well. And there's a few people in there that have done the starting line scholarship. So if you're interested in doing the still I run scholarship, you can kind of follow along with people's journeys in there as well. Yeah, and and what I will say just from my own experience being involved the past few years is hearing other people um, and uh, slowly being able to let parts of yourself be seen Mm -hmm. um, really is one of the most impactful and powerful um, paths to healing. And so what you just said, Sasha, about one of the first steps is really like experiencing the community yeah um because that that is community connection um breaking your own silence uh at the level at the level you're comfortable with and being seen and heard in a non-judgmental compassionate safe uh space uh, is also what I've experienced and what I see in Still I Run. So that's that's what I would say to you, listener as well, who's who's out there and curious. Um, and then where where do we find you? This is always a weird part in the podcast because I don't know anyone who's yeah. like sitting with a pen and paper, but I do ask it because yeah. I ask it and then I'll put it all in the show notes. But how do we find you? How do we find Still I Run? Ways to get involved? Yep. Yep. Stillirun.org. That is our website. Um, and then we've got just Facebook and Instagram with, you know, the, going back to the whole not spreading ourselves too thin. We don't have time for TikTok or Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. So you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Still I run for either one of those accounts. Um, on Facebook, we've got that private group as well. Uh, in addition to the page. 
And then um, uh, we've also got a great newsletter. Uh, there's a sign up link for it at the very bottom of our website. Uh, if people are interested in following me, I literally only post about mental health and running and still I run. Um, I'm just at Sasha Wolf dot or no, just at Sasha Wolf. <laughs> Beautiful. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for, again, what was so like, what is such an honor to have you here is just thank you for taking your experience and sharing it in a way that now not only impacts others, but also inspires others to be able to share their story, their experience. I can't even <laughs> stress enough um, the power of movement, having a, I love, again, the forward is a pace, um, having the mental and physical health um, be married in this beautiful way through the organization of Still I Run. So it's truly a gift to have you here today. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, of course. And we'll continue to have conversation. Uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, we would love to hear your takeaways of this conversation. So feel free to share uh, in any place that you share about podcasts. Uh, if you are listening to this on Apple or watching this on YouTube, it would be fantastic to leave a comment, to subscribe, um, all the things. And as always, wishing you peace, power, and presence.